Good morning. Welcome to Conan Hensley. I'm Grant L. Cone. That's Ryan G. Hensley, where the G stands for you don't want to know. How you doing, Ryan? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm just still fighting this virus, whatever the hell it is, but I'm good. Well, you look good. You sound good. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming it. on the show. My pleasure. Talking Brock. We got to talk Brock at some point because it's draft season and he's the story of the league still, even though he didn't win the Super Bowl. But first, we, we got to talk about the non-breaking news. There was supposed to be a defensive coordinator by now. Someone yeah. heard something that maybe they would Niners would name someone, but they haven't. They're taking their time. And the yeah. combine's coming up. And you'd think you'd like to know who your coordinator is before the combine, just so you know what kind of scheme you're running. Unless... I don't know, man. What do you think is going on with this defensive coordinator search that's dragging on and on? You know, the longer it goes, the more it feels like it's an external hire, or that at least they're trying to find an external hire that will fit. I mean, if it was an internal hire, you think this would just be done already. They just, this is our guy. We got him. Here mm -hmm. he is. But the longer this goes on, it seems like they're trying to find somebody outside the building to take this position. I'm not sure exactly what the delay is. I mean, they don't have to operate on our timeline, but it seems like it's taken a long time. I think Kawakami tweeted out last week that he thought it was going to be internal and it's going to be within 24 hours or something like that. And then today he updated and says around the league, they're surprised that it's still continuing to take this long, um, but that the focus has been external up until this point. So for me, I thought they're going to hire somebody within because it gives Kyle Shanahan, uh, I feel like a little bit more control. Uh, but it seems like the longer this is taking that they're looking outside. What do you think? I mean, it seems like a good educated guess, right? Like you said, if they were going to name Daniel Bullock's a defensive coordinator, they're really confident about that. They could have done that last year or they could have done it the, the same day they fired Steve Wilkes. But they're taking their time, which kind of makes you think, well, who are you trying to negotiate with? Who are you trying to convince to come be the next Steve Wilkes? Yeah. And that would make sense. Like, if they were to hire someone internal, that would be Kyle Shanahan sort of looking in the mirror and, and acknowledging, well, I, I messed up with Steve Wilkes. I shouldn't have brought in someone from the outside. It was doomed from the beginning. Like, yeah, I fired Steve, but ultimately I put him in a bad position and I'm not going to do that again. And that's the kind of honest self-reflection that Kyle Shanahan doesn't really do. What he likes to do most of the time is double down. Yeah, yeah. Steve, I fired Steve Wilkes. It's Steve's fault, but the logic was sound. What I wanted to do was would have worked, but for whatever reason, Steve couldn't do it. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to bring in another outsider and, again, tell him to run the wide nine and you can't bring any position coaches, but this time it's going to work uh, because it's not Steve Wilkes. Fine. Maybe prove it right, but the thing is, who really wants to be the next Steve Wilkes, right? Like They just saw what you did to him. What I mean, the guy has no power, can't bring anyone with him he doesn't get to decide where he calls the plays seems like not the greatest job yeah you know what's funny too is what i was thinking about is the niners have been losing a lot of coaches a lot of people have been leaving the building so it's almost like you have to start hiring externally because you need to bring more bodies into this building because people are leaving they're not coming in and if you keep promoting from within you still got to fill in the boys that they left behind. So they need to bring some guys in, and maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe they're trying to find an external hire. I thought for sure it was going to be somebody internal because it seems like that's what would match up with what Kyle wants, which is ultimately control, um, you know, having his thumb over people. 
But I feel like at this point, because so many people are leaving year after year, you're talking two, three, four coaches are leaving every year, either because they get other positions outside or they want to make a lateral move, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of guys leaving and you got to replace those guys. You got to bring in new guys. So maybe that's that's what they're doing. Maybe they're just looking for an external guy and they haven't found that perfect match yet. It just seems like a rough uh job application like hey we're looking for the next steve wilkes this is steve wilkes package <laughs> we're offering the steve wilkes package it's x amount of money you don't get any really creative control over your defense kyle's going to tell you essentially the basic structure of what to run and what not to run and what to call what not to call and if you mess it up he's going to call a timeout and show you up or just fire you after the season yeah. and yeah like it, if the defense takes one tiny step back, if it gives up 18 and a half points per game next year, they might fire you. If you make it to the Super Bowl and hold down the best quarterback in the league for four quarters, but give up one touchdown drive in the overtime and you lose, they might fire you. Yeah. So who wants that job? Oh, you right. get to Nick Bosa, but he doesn't always play that hard anymore. You get to coach Fred Warner too, but he even he has effort issues sometimes. But yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want this job? The, the standard is really high. It's like be the number one defense in the NFL or we'll, pro we'll probably fire you and embarrass you after the year's over. And even if you are the number one defense and we don't win the Super Bowl, we're going to find a way to uh, to blame you. Sorry. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if, if you're watching, you got to be close friends. It, I think that's what it's probably going to be. It's either got to be somebody young and, and desperate to get in because they're willing to, to take that risk or it's got to be somebody close with Kyle. Yeah, who who has that relationship already built, and they're not sure. worried about it. That's a great yeah, point. Because look at the special teams coordinator. It's not like he's doing a good job at <laughs> all. But right. it seems like maybe he and Kyle Shanahan are friends, so he gets to keep his job. Whereas Steve Wilkes was, I don't know, aloof or not trying to be Kyle's friend, and it was easy to fire him. So yeah, whoever gets hired, your number one job is to make Kyle think you guys are friends. Right. Yeah, that's your yeah. long-term employment yeah. strategy. Yeah. 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 Kind of makes Kyle seem like Michael Scott in that sense. Like you're the boss, but people can sort of cozy up to you and become friends and get job security. That's not great. If you're a player, that's what you want to do as well. You got to get in the Cabo click. Debo did that. Although I just wanted to note, I just wanted to point out that it didn't seem like the Cabo click vacation together this offseason. It seemed like the Cabo crew was a trio this year. Who was that trio? 85-23-44. Ah, they, that's, they went to, that's what I saw in the New York Post. Usually that's all of them, but this year was just those three. What does that say? No Kyle this year, huh? No Kyle, no Debo, no Trent, no Bosa. At least from what I saw in the New York Post, and there were paparazzi everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, those those three look, seem like a good trio. Seem like I feel like they'll be doing that probably in, after they retire, like they're friends for life. But No, no Sam whole, Darnold? I didn't see him. That's disappointing. I I'm thought disappointed. Sure Sam would be there. But I mean, no, where was Kyle? I still feel like this team is looking at Kyle sideways and Kyle and the team is trying to do damage control. Like, no, it's Steve Wilkes' fault and everyone understands and everyone has the same story. But it's like they know that that team was on the verge of being one of the all-time great teams of all time. It had everything. Everyone said it all year, juggernaut. And then they lost the Super Bowl and they still don't know why. 
how do you not look at your coach and be like, man, you're the guy who loses these Super Bowls over and over and over again. Like we don't have this, we don't have these skeletons in our closet. Yeah, you know, messages wear thin eventually. You know, you see it with at, at all levels, high school coaches. You know, they get guys sometimes if they're a really good player, they'll get them four years. But after two years, players start being like, oh, I'm tired. The message is getting old. College, you see the same thing. The message is getting old. In the NFL, there's a lot of change up. But for certain guys, some guys that have been here a long time, like George Kittle, Kyle mm. Juice Check, they've heard this thing over and over and over again. And the message can be stale if you don't produce the actual results uh, that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony says, street news, John Lynch seen convo Bill Belichick. All right, all right. One way or another, let's stick with this for a second. The Bill Belichick idea. Let's yeah. explore it to its logical end in both ways. Um, they bring in Bill Belichick and say, it's the Steve Wilkes package. You have to do what Steve did. You call plays from the sideline. You don't bring any assistant coaches with you. You run the wide nine. You do what Kyle says. Do you see Bill Belichick going for that? Absolutely not. No, that 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 will not work with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is a what seven time Super Bowl winner, six time Super Bowl winner. Yeah, He's you don't tell gonna, him what to do, right? We can that, agree on that. Okay, yeah. so let's go the other direction. Bill, you got the keys to the defense. Whatever you want to do, do. Wouldn't you want to get him in the organization like ASAP before the combine, maybe? Because now you're going from a three four from a four three to a three four. I mean, you're making huge schematic changes. Right. Seems like you probably want to get that done. Stranger things have happened in the past, but I just don't see this whole Bill Belichick thing going down for multiple reasons. For one, why would Bill Belichick go from being the six-time Super Bowl winning head coach for the New England Patriots to being a defensive coordinator for the 49ers? I don't see the attraction there. I think he could sit out a whole season and still be one of the top candidates for a coaching position next year, which is, I'm sure, what he ultimately wants. So I don't really see the attraction for Bill Belichick there. The other thing I don't understand is I don't this would be a huge growth, uh, a sign of growth for Kyle Shanahan if he actually would be willing to let a six-time Super Bowl champion head coach come in and be his defensive coordinator. To me, he strikes me as a guy that's a little bit too insecure for that because he's no longer the head honcho, the genius in the building. Bill Belichick has has the resume over Kyle Shanahan. So I don't see that. Uh, I could be wrong, man. It'd be awesome. It, I'd be thrilled. Be, I feel bad for you to have to cover Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan in the same media room. But, I mean, that would be a, a phenomenal. You can't ask for a better defensive coordinator than Bill Belichick. But I just don't. It seems so far-fetched. It just doesn't seem realistic. And I don't see the desire from either party there to make that happen. So I just don't see it. He's almost 72 years old. I mean, you could hire him and say, well, we'll make you the uh... – assistant head coach, the associate head coach, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and the defensive coordinator will give you $8 million. And the idea is it's like a one, it's like a one-off. You do it for one year. You didn't get a head coaching job. Your choices is to do nothing this year or to be the defensive coordinator for the 49ers for a lot of money. I mean, I could see, I guess, calling him and saying, you know, we're not going to fire Kyle, but if you want to do something this year, you could, you could be RDC and we'll pay you handsomely. And we'll let you do whatever you want to do. And the players will probably buy into Bill Belichick, right? Like, like what was Nick Bosa going to do? Sit there and be like, yeah, you know, like, Bill could have prepared me better for that. Like, no, it's freaking Bill Belichick. Fall in line. Right. May, maybe it could work. I just, if I were Bill Belichick, I'd probably rather do nothing.
I would. I mean, the guy. I'd rather does, nothing. The guy doesn't need money. Like people are saying, like I, I've seen people say, "Why would this happen?" Well, because he doesn't have a job. He doesn't need a job. He's seventy-two years old. He has millions of dollars in the bank. This guy doesn't need a job. If he mm -hmm. wants to coach, he wants to be a head coach. I would be mind blown. I would bet a lot of money that this doesn't happen. I would be completely shocked if it does. I just don't see it, man. It doesn't make what sense. What does he have to, to gain from doing this? You know, uh, eight million. You know, some money. But would eight it really help his resume? Like everyone like, knows, he's a great defensive coach. He has nothing really to gain or to prove. But if for whatever reason the defense takes a step back under him, it just hurts him. It, right. There's no. There's no way. I mean, eight million dollars to Bill Belichick in California after taxes like four or five million. That's probably have to move all the way out here. So that probably guy. has no ties out here. I do not see this happening at all. I'd be mind blown. I don't see it happening. Pete Carroll? I don't see it happening. No. But I mean, again, why, why are they taking so long? Are they are they at least making the phone call? I can see it. Bill, you have nothing to do this year. Please be our defensive coordinator. No. Okay, will you think about it for a week? Okay. All right, did you think about it? Yes. What do you think? No. Okay, we'll give you an extra million dollars. No. Who's the defensive coordinator on the Jets? I forget his name. Um, Jeff Ulbrich. So, yeah. He used to be a linebacker with the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I, I, that that name has been mentioned. Something like that could make sense of why it's taking so long. Because trying it's to negotiate something like that. You're trying to negotiate because essentially it's a, a lateral move. They could make him assistant head coach and, and kind of justify it there. But Robert Sala is his guy. You would think they would want to work something out that makes both parties happy. So maybe that it's something like that that's going on. I'm not sure, but from what people are saying, it's not internal. Last week they were saying it's internal. This week it's not internal. I don't freaking know. Uh, but it does seem like it's something that needs to be done ASAP. I guess there's two ways to look at this before we move on. It's either they're trying to get someone from outside the organization and taking their time, or they have no idea what they want. Yeah. No idea. And here's the other thing that could happen. Maybe they're trying to get somebody outside the organization and they're having trouble finding somebody to take that spot that they like, that also wants this opportunity. And what they'll end up doing is going with someone internal after all. Their backup choice. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. Oh, welcome. We want to introduce. He was Plan our guy B. the whole time. He was our guy the whole time. Plan yeah. C. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mike drops with Monta says Jason Tarver would not be a shocker as DC. I don't know. At this point, I have no clue who the hell the defensive coordinator is going to be for the 49ers. Jason Tarver? Wasn't he the defensive coordinator for the Raiders at one point? He was terrible. Um, Borales says if they hire Bill Belichick and they win the Super Bowl next year, does Kyle still have to prove he can win one on his own? Would that discourage the hire? No. He'd still get credit. He'd be the, defense. He'd be the head coach. That, that Then Bill hey. Belichick becomes the head coach. Kyle's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Soto says, if it's, some in if it's someone internal, why is it taking so long? Leads me to think it's possible it's some outside bigger name. Yeah, it just seems like if you wait this long and then promote Daniel Bullock's, people will be like, well, uh, that's kind of a, you know, like a disappointment. And why did you take so... If you were so excited about Daniel Bullock's when you've named sooner, when did they name D'Amico Ryans the defensive coordinator in 2021? I was trying to look that up, but I couldn't find that's it. That's a good question. That would be pretty anticlimactic, wouldn't it? If we wait two weeks to find out it's uh, an internal hire. Yeah, I'm not sure how when they announced D'Amico. Uh, but, you know, a friend of mine pointed out that D'Amico and Sala were both 
uh, linebacker coaches prior to becoming defensive coordinators. So maybe they go with the Holland route. I know he has some some kind of health issues, but maybe they go with Johnny Holland as the next defensive coordinator for the 49ers as he's the linebacker coach. Sala was a linebacker's coach. D'Amico Ryans was a linebacker's coach. They both ended up working out really well. Maybe that's the route they go. I'd like to see if anyone in the chat can look up what date D'Amico Ryans got promoted to defensive coordinator. Can someone Google that? Someone that's good with the Google machine? What yeah, date that. was D'Amico Ryans promoted to defensive coordinator? That'd be interesting. Was it early February? I'd like to know. Now, they didn't go to the playoffs that year. It could have happened in January. Probably happened a lot sooner. Yeah. We're hearing this a lot now that the combine is coming around. You know, Brock Purdy has just completely changed the way these teams are scouting these quarterbacks. It's the Brock Purdy effect. Yeah. Do you buy that? Well, before I give you my answer, I want to ask you, I think you're the first one to said this, right? I've seen a lot of people, you know, say, hey, I, I've been saying this and trying to get a little credit for that take. This is actually a Grant Cohn original, I believe. I think we've been talking about this for a long time. So I want to give you credit where credit is due. But I do want to understand this take from you because I'm not sure if we agree on it. So I want to get explain it to me why you say that and why, what you think that means. Yeah, I don't think people are looking for the next Brock Purdy in the top 10. That is not what I mean. But when, when people say or when I say he's changed the way team scout quarterbacks, I think he has either reminded them or proven to them the importance of experience in college. That. And I think you hear it a lot now with these quarterbacks. You'll hear analysts say stuff like, he's played a lot of football. He has played a lot of football. You didn't really hear that with quarterbacks in the past. What they would talk about is their physical skill set, the scheme they were in in college, and maybe how old they are. That was yeah. pretty much it. And now it's all about like, man, the guy has played so much. In the past, they'd be like, he's old. Yeah. He's 23, 24. There's really no upside here. But now I think not just maybe the Brock Purdy effect, but the Trey Lance effect. The how diff how hard it is for most teams to develop quarterbacks on the bench. Packers seem to be able to do it. I guess the Chiefs can do it. I don't know that many other teams that have been able to do it the last 10 years. So I think there's it's so scary to think of like trading up into the top three, sacrificing all those first round picks for a project who hasn't played much football when you could play it safe and take a guy like Spencer Rattler in round three or four who's played a lot of football. I think that yeah. that's sort of changed the way teams look uh, go about their quarterback search. I don't know that's what I look at. So I think that I understand what you're saying. I think it makes sense. But I will say this. I think there's been a lot of experienced quarterbacks come out of college that have done absolutely nothing in the NFL. And I think there's been a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL that probably haven't played that much as well. So I don't think experience is the measure. The thing that makes Brock pretty good is that it's what you can't really detect until you put them out on the field. And I don't think you can scout that, right? Just because you play a lot in the NFL doesn't mean it's going to – in college doesn't mean it's going to translate to the NFL. What, what Brock Pretty has is that it factor. Now, I think it also – people need to consider he's on a really good team with a lot of really good weapons and a system that is perfect for his skill set. So I think if NFL teams are out there thinking, hey, we can find the next Brock Purdy in the seventh round, last pick of a draft, I think they're being extremely naive. And I think most teams still to this day, 
even if you just look at last season, teams are looking at last season like, I want the next C.J. Stroud. They're not looking at last season like, I want the next Brock Purdy. And overall, I think teams are looking at, I want the next Patrick Mahomes. Now, if they get later on in the rounds and they're looking at quarterbacks, like they're in the sixth, seventh round and they need a good backup quarterback, they might look at quarterbacks like, hey, this guy's played a lot. It kind of reminds me of Brock Purdy. I could see that part of it. But as far as did he change the way the teams scout and draft quarterbacks, I'm going to say no on that one. But I understand what you're what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know that we're necessarily disagreeing. Um, I, I just don't think like a lot of people are saying he has changed the way the teams are scouting and drafting quarterbacks. And I just don't see it. A, a lot of that stuff is just not measurable. Right. It's the same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round and he became probably the greatest quarterback of all time. But when you looked at him, there was nothing measurable that would predict who he would become. Uh, and even on Brock Purdy on a much smaller scale, on a micro scale, he's not Tom Brady, hasn't done anything close to Tom Brady. But there's really nothing you could have saw in college that says Brock Purdy's going to come and do a fantastic job. I just don't buy it. I think teams are really – because you can't measure those things, you you stick with what you can measure, which is – you know, and it, it doesn't always translate to success, but it's the size, the strength, the passing arm, the talent, all of those things. I, I don't think that – there's one trait that is responsible for Brock Purdy's success in the NFL. And there's a lot of things that make Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. But I think he has just sort of underscored the value of experience. It doesn't mean that every experienced college quarterback is going to be successful. Obviously not. But I just think it's like another category to yeah. evaluate a quarterback that has taken on greater importance over the last couple of years because Brock Purdy exists. And you hear people talk about it. That, and you look at Bo Nix, uh, Michael Penix Jr. These are guys who maybe 10 years ago, their resume would have been frowned upon. Oh, they're 24. They've yeah. played a lot of football. I mean, what's the upside? But now they could both be first-round picks. And I think that is a little bit of like the Brock Purdy uh, effect. And maybe that's going overboard. Because as you said, just playing a lot of football in college doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good. But you look at the success that, say, Jake Browning had this year doesn't mean he's a franchise quarterback or even a starter but these guys who have played a lot of football often can go to a team or, or a scheme like the shanahan scheme and pick it up pretty quick have some success i think it raises the floor not mm -hmm. necessarily changes the ceiling right but it does raise the floor because and you can take advantage of that rookie contract yeah. you don't have to spend two three years developing the guy you get him on the freaking field and have a functional to good quarterback yeah, and it slows the development or increases, speeds up the development curve there. So Hell I yeah. think that in that part, that does make sense. If they're looking yeah. for somebody to insert quickly on a rookie contract that they could take advantage of. But here's the question How many teams are in this situation where that's what would help them, right? Like, how many teams are so deep roster wise that all they need is an experienced guy to come in here and pass to wide open receivers? There's not many out there, if any. You're right. I got one more counter argument. I like this discussion. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders, the whole Aiden O'Connell thing. You can't tell me that they didn't think that he was their Brock Purdy. And then midway through the season, they're like, you know what? Yeah. He's not. He's not. Him. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Just the whole Aiden O'Connell experience. But that, I'll tell you, the, the thing about Aiden O'Connell is that guy's a strictly pocket passer. The guy has True. bricks for feet. He's so. Nick Mullins. He's, he cannot move at all. 
yeah, I'm interested to see what the Raiders, Raiders are definitely drafting the quarterback this year. I would imagine they have to because Jimmy's gone. Aiden O'Connell's not your answer. Uh, I don't know what they shouldn't have traded. But Carr. to your point of the quarterbacks who were projected to go in the top 10, none of them are compared to Brock Purdy. None of them. None, none of them. them are like, hey, this guy's got that Brock Purdy skill set. No, that's someone you yeah. would maybe take in round two, round three. Spencer Rattler, yeah. Bo Nix. No yeah. teams are out there like, we got to find Brock Purdy. That's not no happening. the whole no 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 that's what's so great about yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah. The whole thing is, hey, we can find a Brock Purdy. We don't have to trade up, right? We don't have we can, and maybe you're wrong. Maybe you end up with Aiden O'Connell, but right. I think right. it gives these teams hope that they're yeah. out there if you just know what to look for and you have the right scheme, the right team. Because I I still think there's a lot of skepticism in the NFL that how good Brock Purdy really is. Like if you just dropped him on the Panthers. And said, hey, do what CJ Stroud did for a terrible team. Turn this team around right now by yourself. Would he do it? I don't know. Probably not. But yeah. if you put him on a good team with a good scheme, he picks it up immediately. He takes advantage. I mean, he t he optimizes it. There's a place for him. So maybe like a Miami Dolphins need a backup. Yeah. That's like a and it, exactly. It's like instead of giving two of the bag, which you know you shouldn't. Right. Dude, just Find the next Tua or the next Brock Purdy and don't... I mean, you, you don't have a top 10 pick. You don't want to trade up. But right. you might be able to find an even better quarterback than Tua late. And that's the Brock Purdy uh, effect. Just the hope that, the, that there's all of a sudden this un... There's all like this goodwill of quarterbacks that exists. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a second. Right. They're just hanging out there and no one wants them? Doesn't it kind of make you wonder how many Brock Purdy's never even got an opportunity yep. because they were just the third yes. string and never got a chance to even show themselves? Yeah. I mean, is, was Jake Browning not going down that road? He was a practice squad guy. Wasn't the first guy. I mean, all of a sudden, he's running that offense in Cincinnati really freaking well. Like, yeah. I'm not saying give him $20 million, but that's, got, that's a guy who might be able to start a hell of a backup. Yeah, I'd take him over Jimmy. I'd take him over Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, for sure. And again, if you're paying him a million dollars, you could put a hell of a team around him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so in that, in, that, in that regard, I yeah. think I see what you're saying. I think some people are taking it to an, another extreme level. The, the, when they say that, they mean like teams are looking sure. hard for the next Brock Purdy. Like, I, I don't think that's no. the case. No, no they, I don't think so. But they don't want to have the next Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't want to have the next Daniel Jones. Right. That's what you don't want. Like the mid quarterback that you just gave a ton of money to for whatever reason. And the fact that the Brock Purdy's exist sort of prevents you from ever making that mistake. So right. if you get Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, yeah, by all means, draft him in the top 10 and give him all the money. But if you don't have that top five, six quarterback, don't kid yourself. Don't make Dak Prescott the highest paid player in the league. Yeah. See what you got with, you know, from your undrafted free agent quarterback. He might be really freaking good for a couple of years. Better, I mean, it's a better business decision. Here's the next question. Does having a Brock Purdy prevent you from wanting to find Patrick Mahomes? It, good point. Because what happens is you get Brock Purdy and you load up your roster and you're never going to be in a position to get Patrick Mahomes, even if he's out there. And you're sort of locked into this roster structure of not paying a quarterback. You always have the guy have a guy on a rookie deal. It's like, well... I think it's what Kyle wants because I don't think he really wants to empower his quarterback. He doesn't let him call audibles. 
He doesn't like, just wants them to sort of do whatever he says. So yeah. get a guy in the draft. I don't know. I'm surprised the Niners didn't draft a quarterback last year. I think they will this year. I was going to ask you that. You think they'll draft one this year, later rounds? Or undrafted free agent. But I think they're going to yeah. bring in another rookie. And Who's, I'm curious who, who to see who he is. I'd like to see Brian Gracie's next choice because they have a pretty good track record. They're one for one. Does Darnold come back? Why? Right. You'd have to give him like four, five, six million dollars. Why? You could get someone for nine hundred thousand dollars who's probably better. No. You could get Gardner Minshew for the same price as Darnold, yeah. and Minshew's proven to be better. That's mm-hmm. who I wanted last year, honestly. Go get Jake Browning. He's a go get Jake Browning. Yeah. Why not him? He's I exactly like Brock Purdy, except like yeah. three years older from Folsom. Yeah. I think Jake Browning would be a good fit for sure. Be nice. I wonder yeah. if he did he make money or did people just look at him as a system quarterback? I have no idea. He didn't make money. He didn't make money, right? No, he was again, like nine, it's just nine hundred thousand. It's it's weird. All of a sudden, quarterbacks who can complete seventy percent of their throws are a dime a dozen. Wow, the league's changed since when? And why would you have Sam Darnold on your roster if that guy exists and he's cheap? What? Yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Brandon Allen. The Niners really thought they were taking something from the Bengals and they got Brandon Allen. Yeah, they no. Did. Yeah, you got the wrong guy. All right, let's yeah. do some sleeper picks. It's basketball season. Boom, and we got what we got Toronto and Indy. Toronto, and let's make Indy. some picks. All right, let's make some picks. Well, it was Halliburton, Halliburton, Halliburton. twenty-one and a half points. Uh, I'm gonna go over. I think the Kings are tripping for letting that guy go, man. I agree. He's yeah. quite good. Pascal Siakam. What is that? Two and a half points. What was that? Point five. First quarter assists, kind of random. Steals, First half quarter. a steal, six and a half rebounds. What are the blocks? They got blocks in there. Half a block. Give it to him. Over. Give it to him. I like yeah. that. You went deep. That was a deep cut. Yeah. How about? Scotty Barnes. Oh, Scotty Barnes versus Indianapolis. Which one jumps out to you? I'm looking for. How about this threes? Did he hit one three? Let's see. Let's see how many threes he hit in the last game. No. Two and one. Zero. Yeah. They're okay. pretty good at marking not these over unders. What? It's a crapshoot whether he's going to hit a three or not. How about just points? 20 and a half points. Let's see. He hasn't been hitting it. I'll go under. I'm fading Scotty. <laughs> hmm. Who else we got in here? Who else we got in here? Miles Turner. Miles Turner. What's that? One how about how much? What? What is this? One and a half assists? What's he yeah. been doing? What's he been doing? Any assists? I don't see that. He had one assist the last three games. I'm gonna say yes. He's 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 due, right? He's due. Miles Turner is due. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. All right. Um Kelly Olenek? No, I'm not wagering on Kelly Olenek. What about RJ G- Barrett? G Dick. Is that a guy? That's really a guy's <laughs> name. <laughs> Grady Dick. Yes, Grady Dick. <laughs> Okay. How about seven and a half points for Grady Dick? And wow. he, got, he had 18 points in the last game. Big game for give, Dick. Let's give Dick the over. 
We're so this mature on this show. All right. So Let's lock it in. Submit the entry on Sleeper Picks. And everyone, if you use promo code Cone, there's a QR code there. There's a they, they will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. And also, you'll be placed in a giveaway for a CMC signed jersey. I'm Sign up sorry, today. Man. Use promo code Cone. C-O-H-N. I'm sorry, Grant. I just realized you're wearing a sports coat, and I kind of just de, you know, deprofessionalize the show with that one. So I apologize. It's okay. Yeah. I was looking at that one too. I was like, should we? Yes. <laughs> Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of basketball, yeah. What can Kyle Shanahan learn from Steve Kerr, who just got an extension that pays him more than seventeen million dollars a season, which is incredible. Highest NBA, highest paid NBA coach in history. Uh, two, yeah, two years, thirty-five million. Just incredible. I, I doubt. I wonder if Kyle makes half that. He probably anyway. Rumor is about makes about ten, eleven, twelve million, something like that. Rumor. Okay. Rumor said. Rumor has it. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing about Steve Kerr. He is a nine-time champion, five times as a player, four times as a coach. So the guy is very secure with himself and his knowledge. He doesn't um, patronize the media. He doesn't scoff when he's questioned. He holds himself accountable, and the proof is in the pudding with the results that he's had. Steve Kerr drives me nuts a little bit sometimes when, with his – substitutions and his rotations because I'm a Warriors fan. Mm -hmm. But overall, after the game, when he's asked about those rotations, asked about his mistakes, he fesses up to it and takes accountability. And it's what makes Steve Kerr such a likable guy. He is more secure with who he is as a coach. When I watch Kyle Shanahan and the way he is very defensive with the media and the way he won't take accountability, it's like it comes off as a little bit of an insecurity. And I think Shanahan needs to become a little bit more secure with himself. He's secure within his job here with the 49ers as a coach. He's not going anywhere. So I think he could take some cues from Steve Kerr on how to deal with his team and with the public. And you don't need to scoff at the media or be defensive. You, you can take accountability. It doesn't mean that you're a bad coach. It just means that you're fessing up to things that everyone is seeing but you. <laughs> To defend Kyle Shanahan real quick, because I always like to yeah, rush to Kyle course. Shanahan's defense yeah. as soon as anyone. You're a Shanistan. I'm a Shanistan. It's a lot easier to be gracious, which is what I think you're saying about Steve Wilkes. I mean, Steve yeah. Kerr. He's yeah. gracious. Even when questioned, so much easier to do that when you've won four championships as a head coach because no one is really questioning your competency. Right. And I think that's what Kyle gets defensive about when he really blows it at the end of the season and is arguably the main reason his team didn't win the Super Bowl because of some stupid stuff like not knowing a rule or not communicating it or whatever, making the wrong decision on a coin toss. He gets real defensive because he knows the narrative is he can't win the big one. There's something wrong with them. There's a fatal flaw in his process. No one ever say that about Steve Kerr. I mean, may Maybe maybe they do, and I don't understand. I'm not in those corners of the internet, but it seems like he's essentially a made man. That's why he's making seventeen and a half million dollars. Yeah. So it, I mean, it, Kyle has a lot to be insecure about, unfortunately. But that's the thing: if you really believe in yourself and what you're doing, it doesn't matter. If you really believe that your thought process was perfect in the Super Bowl, then why be it. why well, yeah explain it and why be defensive it. about it? 
So, yes, it's easier to, to be in that position when you're in Steve Kerr's, when you have had that track record of success. But the reason why you're being questioned if you're Kyle Shanahan is because you haven't had yeah. that track record of success. But as a true leader, you need to overcome those insecurities that you may have. If you're really secure in yourself with what you're doing and the plan that you have, you should be able to explain it graciously, to use your word, to the media and help us understand why you did so-and-so without being snarky in, in the way you handle yourself. But, I mean, I think also that like, – I, I said it before, but there's just the context of Kerr's career as a coach. So when he, whenever he does – in late February, like they lost yeah. last night to Denver and they had a lead and they gave it up and they got smacked by a really good team. I don't know if you felt someone covering the game that Kerr blew it and didn't attack Jokic enough and pick and roll or could have done whatever differently schematically fine. You can make that point and you could ask him those questions, but still there's the whole context of this guy's made incredible decisions, the perfect, the right decisions in the finals that led to them closing out championships. Right. Done it multiple times. And Kyle's right. never, ever, ever, ever done that. So there's just a little bit of a difference in, I don't know if he, the tone well, here's, of the question, the context of it. But the thing about it is, which makes me, it, here's what makes me believe it's not just that. It's more of a personality thing. Look at Bill Belichick. And this is why I don't hope they don't freaking hire Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick answers with such a snarky, defensive attitude it's uh, it's i cannot stand yeah yeah like you just you barely wake up to answer your question so right. stupid you really and don't know guy, football and this guy has won six championships mm -hmm. so to me it's just it seems like a personality thing with kyle it's just who he is as a person and i like kyle a lot better than bill, bill belichick from a personality standpoint i would much rather interview kyle shanahan than bill belichick uh from a personality standpoint but there's levels to this. And to me, Steve Kerr is on that next level. And here's the thing is like a lot of people come. There's a lot of people that defend Kyle Shanahan, right? And don't want you criticizing him whatsoever at all. Uh, but there are a lot of people that do criticize Kyle Shanahan. I think that number of people would decrease if he would learn how to handle himself better in those situations. Steve Kerr, when he, when he talks in press conferences, you don't want to rip him afterwards. You're like, okay, makes sense. He acknowledged his mistakes, right? But when you're so defensive and snarky and questioning everybody who's questioning you, it makes you want to be like, okay, dude. Like, it makes you want to keep going at the guy. And I think it's just basic PR. It's basic communication relationship skills that he needs to be taught. And I feel like somebody within the 49ers organization should just sit him down and break it down for him a little bit better. It's like, Kyle... You could have answered this question this way and wouldn't have come off more uh what's the word? It would have come off less uh snarky and and more open and better human. communication. More human. And it will help you, right? More human, more relatable. Yeah. I mean people make mistakes. And they just right. want you to people have confidence in you, even when you do make mistakes. They just want you to they just want to know that you acknowledge it and you're gonna grow from it. And and there's different there's also something that we're not even touching on. That's the what makes Steve Kerr a, not just a good interview, because a lot of people are probably like, who gives a damn how he interviews? It's about the results. But what makes players re respect coaches is the same way that Steve Kerr is with the media. If you're mm -hmm. that way with your players, mm -hmm. if you're open and uh, what's the, translucent, right? Not translucent, transparent, but transparent with your players, 
and you're communicative and you're humble and you admit your mistakes, you take accountability. Players love playing for people like that. And I, maybe Kyle is that way with his players. You know, you don't have a lot of people that have problems with Kyle as a coach. So maybe he has that dialed in with the player's standpoint. But I think a lot of Steve Kerr's success has come from that same personality and attitude that you see in the public with the media. He does that. He approaches it the same way with his players. And I think it, Kyle can learn from that as well. Well, I mean, who is Steve Kerr's models? Phil Jackson. Yeah. Phil Jackson. Greg Popovich. Yep. couple of greatest coaches ever. Two of my favorites. Of dynasties. Yeah. Yep. Um, who's Kyle's models? His dad. Yeah. John Gruden. Gave him his first job. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily Hall of Fame. Not Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah. Mike Shanahan might never get in. Probably won't ever get in. And John Gruden for sure won't ever get in. Yeah. But... They were both kind of little Napoleons. Yeah. They were. And Kyle has a little bit of that controlling aspect in him too. Probably yeah. a little too much. So maybe yeah. he needs to get a nude mentor, man. I mean, you don't really have your Phil Jackson yet. I know your dad's really good, but he's not Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich. Those guys are going to, you know, Phil Jackson's a Hall of Famer and Greg Popovich will be too. It's funny, man. I, you know, I coached basketball for a long time and I had a, there was the head of our of our program. He was like, kind of like a, kind of like Kyle, mm. and he once insulted me and saying, "You're like Greg Pop Popovich," because I have like really good relationships with my players. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not really an insult, but you know, that's thank you. I appreciate the compliment." And I I feel like you're right though. Like Steve Kerr does have Popovich. He does have, um, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. And those are great. Yeah. Great, fantastic role models to learn from and how you approach coaching and dealing with people. And I think Kyle Shannon could learn a little bit from those. Yeah, he saw Phil style. Jackson coach Jordan and Pippen. He saw Popovich coach Tim Duncan. It's like this context of how to coach some of the greatest coach players of all time. And Andy Reid is very Popovich, very Phil Jackson. You know, he's very Steve Kerr. That's how he approaches it. And he's won yeah. a few Super Bowls. That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Uh, let's take some Super Chats. Mike drops with Monza says... Tarver, former linebacker coach under Kyle, current linebacker coach with the Browns, and with Raiders as DC defense went 29th to 18th. Ryan's promoted 115. So, like a week after their season ended, two weeks after their season ended, they promoted D'Amico Ryan's. So, if there was a, an internal hire they were super excited about, they probably would have hired him already, or frankly, they would have hired him last year. The I'm fact that you, Wilch was here at all means that they have some misgivings about whoever the next guy up is. So maybe Jason Tarver. DeAnton Lynn is the guy I'm looking at. I'm still, if I'm, I want to at least bring him in for an interview. I would love to hear that they at least interviewed that guy. Gold Rush 561 says 118 21. Okay, so somewhere in that range. Somewhere in that range. City Bird Z Wilson with his lack of experience proves other side. Yeah, it's just. I just feel like if with JJ McCarthy, for example, he's the one guy who's getting first round consideration who's got like 600 passes in college. People are going to talk about it as they should. I bet I would talk about it. Are you really going to take JJ McCarthy in round one with his 600 throws at freaking Michigan? Like, would you feel a lot better if he went back one more year? Where in the right. past, I think teams were like, get the hell out of college, get out, like, we'll develop you. Now it's like, I don't know if we can develop you. <laughs> you might want to stay in school with that NIL money and come when you're ready. Right, and why would you want to develop a player? On, you want to take advantage of that first contract. Yeah, you do. 
So you want them to be developed. And these quarterbacks aren't that expensive anymore because of the rookie wage scale. So you can move on. Even Trey Lance, who was relatively expensive for a young quarterback, the Niners moved on in a blink of an eye. Right. And it didn't hurt him at all, really. No. Well, it didn't. I mean, it'd be nice to have a couple offensive linemen instead. Yeah. It would be nice. Yeah. Richie says, it didn't cripple them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. The way. Thought you think it might. Richie says, "Is Chris Caseric uh, the real reason why we don't have a new DC? They need to stick to the wide nine. Could be a reason people say no, or he could be the next DC. Who knows? Maybe they'll talk him into it this year." Tarver's interesting because he was just in a wide nine scheme this past year in Cleveland. Mike drops with Monza. Brady didn't change drafting, so um, no. Next, lol. Yeah, that's kind of my point. Corey Soto says Purdy will have to continue being successful and actually pan out as a franchise quarterback before he has that kind of influence in scouting. We don't even know for sure that he's the Niners franchise QB. No, but he's the flavor of the month. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> he's the flavor of the month. He just led the freaking league in Pro Bowl voting. I think teams in the back of their mind think, I mean, I already said it, but Aiden O'Connell is my number one example. The fact that that dude started this season never should have started. Aiden? That doesn't happen. His first name alone should have disqualified him. <laughs> no offense to people named Aiden. It's a good name. All, just, good all name. Aiden's out there. Um, City Burt says, is Kurt Warner comparable to Purdy? He was undrafted and had an amazing weapons on Rams and two-time MVP Cardinal Super Bowl run solidified his status even more. Um, nah, man. Uh, physically, Warner didn't move. Warner had a really nice arm. I, I keep comparing to me. It's Jeff Garcia. Also undrafted free agent, but that guy was one hell of a scrambler. You know what I love about Kurt Warner right now? He's like the ultimate sports dad, like promoting this kid. I love it. He's so nice. Yeah. He just like steps in like, whoa, whoa, whoa on Twitter. Why is everyone giving this guy a hard time? Yeah. Nice. He's great. Jewish guy. Can Jed make uh, Kyle Shanahan be the OCDC, pay him the same, and let Bill be the head coach? Sure. Crazy Rod 16 says, BA trade talk feels like a game show. Let's make a deal. Niners sometime miss in the top rounds the last few drafts. I want BA to stay. What's more likely, Grant? Bill Belichick becomes DC or Brandon Ayuk gets traded? Ayuk gets traded. I think so too. I don't yeah. I don't think it happens, but if I had to bet on one of those two, the BA trade's more likely. Yeah. Anthony says, D'Amico Ryan's elevated to DC Niners February 28th, 2021. Now we have conflicting reports. You guys are conflicting each other. Now we got conflicting reports and it's upsetting me. Rod Simmons says, since Ryans and Sala were LB coaches before being DCs, is it safe to assume the defense is better off ran by the eyes of a linebacker coach? That's my point on Johnny Holland, man. Like maybe he's the guy. Possible. But why? 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 Like why why would a linebacker coach necessarily? I, I just, I reject the premise that, Steve Wilkes did a bad job last year. He thought he did a good job. Thought the players were kind of unprofessional at times and didn't play their hardest and blamed him. Like, no, 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 no. That's on you. The effort how, part, that's on you. I thought Steve Wilkes got a raw deal. Who's the biggest complainer about Steve Wilkes, do you think? Um, can I say 97? Correct. Or 54? Well, one I, of those two. I'm going to say 97 based on what I've seen. In the press conferences, who had no chance to build a relationship with Steve Wilkes because he didn't report to training camp? So 97. That could have played a part in all of this. You just show up week one and, oh, this is your defensive coordinator, zero relationship. 
oh, but by the way, I don't really like anything that you're doing. <laughs> like, okay, well, you could have told uh, me that in freaking May. Steph so Sanchez I, better watch out. You just kind of came for a little bit with that. <laughs> Crazy Rod 16 says the answer is the movie Malice. The doctor believes he was God. I believe Kyle Shanahan thinks his system is invincible. It's been vinced. Jad is Jad says a little confused with you, Grant. On one hand, you say Purdy is good, and then on Twitter, you go on a tirade of potential quarterbacks. Help me understand. Did I? I don't understand. I, I think people don't understand. People don't understand. Like, here's one thing I notice about Twitter: it's like you either have to think Brock Purdy's the best quarterback in the NFL, or that he's absolute dog water, and there's no room to balance. Like. People either want you to love the hell out of a guy or you absolutely hate him. Maybe it's just a little bit of balance. Like maybe we're allowed to say Brock Purdy's really good at this and he can do this really well. He needs to improve here. And that goes for all players. I think that's why you you might be a little confused because you expect guys to be one way or the other. And there's more balance than that. I'm just confused by your question. I wish I really understood it. On Twitter, you go on a tiradesi of their potential quarterbacks. Help me understand. Help me understand. That is that. I'd love to answer your question. I appreciate the five bucks, though. Okay. Can you tell me, can you tell the good people, yeah. what is the Jed York contradiction? I always feel bad for you, Grant, because I, whenever I have like a really burning question I want to ask, I'm like, Grant, ask them this. And I know that probably gets old as hell because it's not just me doing that to you. It's a lot of people. It's the chat. It's it's me. It's probably Jesse. All of us were like, ask him this. But like, I really want to ask George York this question. He fires Jim Harbaugh and he has this press conference. We don't raise NFC championship banners. If I'm not winning Super Bowls, I want you guys to hold me accountable. Our standard is to win Super Bowls. Then before this Super Bowl, he says, this season is already excess whether he won the NFC Championship game or not. So it's a clear on-record contradiction from Jed York that I'm trying to understand. The only explanation I can think of is that he didn't like Jim Harbaugh and he's friends with Kyle Shanahan. But that's not really a good justification because you're on record saying one thing and then a few years later, you're saying the exact opposite thing. I would love, to under I would love somebody to ask Jed York that question. You're on record saying that you don't raise NFC championship banners and that winning Super Bowls is the standard. This year, you said the seasons of success, whether you won the NFC championship game or not. Were you wrong when you said that? Or has your opinion changed about what the standard is? I would love yeah. to hear him answer that. Yeah, because to me, it would be some kind of a, I don't know, like a dance. Like he wouldn't really be the straight, honest, to goodness truth because to me the, the let's go back to 10 years ago when he said that uh -huh. they were explaining why jim harbaugh wasn't why jim harbaugh wasn't coming back am i wrong no you're Was right that 2015 it's after you do this after that go of jim harbaugh after let go of jim harbaugh okay so it was you're trying to explain why you're doing an unpopular thing no one wanted jim harbaugh to go right. niner fans were upset so what he was trying to say is okay look i know you guys like Harbaugh, but I have even higher standards. Right. And you guys are all kind of being, I'm disappointed. Right. You, you guys are settling as a right. fan base. Right. Where I'm trying to bring a Super Bowl here. So trust right. me, this is the right move. Where, like, so he's trying to justify something 
after the fact that had nothing to do with NFC Championship banners or Super Bowls or this or that. It was a personal relationship gone wrong. Correct. A business relationship gone wrong. Now he finally has a business relationship that's somewhat good, I guess, with Kyle Shanahan. And he's not sacrificing that. He knows right. what happened before. So right. he'll justify it. However, I would love to hear him do it. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. You Me said too, this on this Well, day. you know what? It's about a month away yeah. from the annual meetings in Orlando this year. I'll ask right. him a question if you talk. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I have so many. I always want to shoot you those, but I'm like, I'm going to leave. Go for it. Yeah. I can say no sometimes. I'm, I'm an adult. Yeah. But that was a good one. I like that one. What Thank happened you. to that? That was 10 years ago. Hold you responsible. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. He said, uh-huh. I want you to hold me accountable if, if we're not winning Super Bowls. Yeah. Those so we're not saying fire Kyle, but like, what are you going to do? Right. Are you going to fire yourself? Is it a difference? Do you feel differently now? What is yeah. it? Yeah. Should we not hold you accountable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems to me that this team, from Jed York to Kyle Shanahan, for whatever reason, the last seven years, has developed a culture of scapegoating. Unlike many teams we've seen, I mean, it's a little bit like the Bills, but from 30 years ago or the Rockets from like 10 years ago, but they keep coming really close to winning the Super Bowl and not getting it done. And every year it seems like there's someone on the team who doesn't really matter, who's mostly insignificant, who gets blamed for a large portion of the Niners' disappointment. And they replace that guy and come back the next season with essentially the same team same approach, the same philosophy, and try to run it back. But without that scapegoat anymore. Two years ago, it was Jaquaski Tart because he dropped that interception in the NFC Championship game. It's all your fault, Jaquaski. Go away. We don't want to look at you anymore. Right. Next year is Tyler Croft's fault. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was a little risky asking him to block Hassan Reddick, but that was the call. He didn't execute. Goodbye. Drafting Cam Latu. Mm-hmm. And this year, Spencer Burford, man, you should have blocked Chris Jones. And if you had touchdown, maybe, potentially, you got to go. I mean, they haven't ran him out the team yet, but you wonder. Steve Wilkes got that treatment just a couple weeks ago. Mm. What do you think of this, uh, uh, this culture? Well, I think it's really the, the adverse to the lack of accountability in the culture. There it is. Right? It's right. the opposite. If you don't have accountability, then you have scapegoats. So yeah. if, if, if we're all not taking accountability for what we did wrong, individually then you got to find somebody who has to take that blame and that's what it is and then that starts at the top starts with jed york starts with kyle shanahan uh and that that's where it comes from yeah and that's why i feel like the culture of this team is strange and they've come so close to winning super bowls that they've almost been able to say it all works for them but to me there's something fundamentally wrong with their culture and it's like they're not a team they're an inner circle they're two teams and that's why we talk about the Cabo click. There's the guys who make a lot of money on the team and the guys who don't. Yeah. Right? There's the guys who have money, power, and influence and the guys who don't. Kyle's right. one of them. Bosa's one of them. 54, 71, 23, 44, 80. You know who they are. About 10 right. guys. Maybe eight. Everyone yeah. else? You could be the scapegoat next year. To Sean Gibson, it could be you. Colton Kivitz, it could be you. The next DC, I mean... That's just how it is. And I think that's, I don't know. That's, a, that's not necessarily a championship culture. I would love to do some research on like pay because 
this team seems like a microcosm of this country, whereas the 1% have like make like 90% of the wealth and then the other 99% shouldn't they the take 90% of the responsibility too? Like, right. <laughs> like Nick, yeah, you're the guy. I mean, they, they hired Steve Wilkes and, and basically thinking, well, any, anyone can coach Nick Bosa. Anyone could do that. Like you're the reason this team wins and loses, right? When, when, when asked uh, after the season, are you, are you confident you're gonna be back in the Super Bowl next year? Kittle said, we have Nick Bosa still, right? You take the responsibility. You don't put it on the defensive coordinator who's making maybe a million dollars a year. Two, maybe. Yeah, I, this all just, boy, this is why, and people get mad at me. Why does Kyle Shannon need to be accountable, Ryan? Makes no sense. This Kyle is Shannon. why. It's because it's the opposite of scapegoating, right? Mm-hmm. If you take, if you are accountable, you don't need to scapegoat anybody. You, you take it on your chest. I'm responsible for this team. I'm the head coach. So there's things that I need to do better and work on and develop and improve on and then if you do that you approach it that way you don't need to the leaders in the team will do it too right the leaders in the team will do it too there's only one leader in the team that does it right now the quarterback brock but everyone else takes cue from well if kyle's not cmc responsibility i won't either cmc cmc CMC. the guys who haven't been here that long (laughs) yes burford i think actually did a good job of it hell yeah on twitter true just a young man uh doing that that Shows a lot of maturity. I think there needs to be more of that. I, I, I'm telling you, man, it's such an important thing to me. For a lot of people, it doesn't matter at all, and they think I'm stupid for constantly harping on accountability. But accountability is one of the most important things in leadership and building culture, and I really hope Kyle Shannon proves at being accountable. You know, the, my favorite moment from Kyle Shannon, probably the only moment that I can recall him being accountable, is the whole Trey Lance thing. I feel mm-hmm. like I let him down. That was one of my favorite moments from Kyle Shannon. Right, like, good for you, man. Way mm-hmm. to set step up and take accountability there. That's the one and only time I can remember him doing that. I want to see more of that from Kyle Shanahan moving forward. I think right. that would really help. Because, I mean, it, it, he had to say that. But ultimately, this team is getting judged whether or not they win the Super Bowl. They've been so close for four or five years, and they never change. They never say, you know, we, we got to stop running it back. We got to do some, something fundamentally different. They say, they imply, it was our third string tight end's fault. It was our backup right guard's fault. It was our strong safety's fault. For this one mistake at the end of the game, like, no. No, you have a core of like seven or eight people plus the coach. You guys have been together a long time. Stop blaming, you know, understudies and backup dancers and stuff. It's you guys. George with the two catches. Ayuk with three. Debo with three. McCaffrey with the fumble. Like, you guys. Yeah, Kyle, with your inability to freaking pick up a blitz, that's Trent the conversation. It shouldn't be centered on Burford, right? Exactly. Or yeah, I, I agree. You know 100%. what I mean? And, and that starts at the top. Kyle's got to be. Yeah. They need to add. Like we all need to. After this game, they need to sit down. We all need to look at ourselves and figure out how we get this done because we all made mistakes in this game that didn't that ultimately cost us winning the Super Bowl. What's we wrong with our formula? Right. What is are it we scheme? Doing is it culture? What is right. wrong with our formula? How, how have we, we all, how have we been this close to totally missing our window, yeah. our Super Bowl window? Right. What can we that, learn? That's accountability, and that's what that's what I. It may happen behind the scenes. I don't know, but on Front Street, it's not happening. So this is all I know. If they don't win a Super Bowl, they're going to go down as one of the best teams to not win a Super Bowl, and people right. will study them. What did they do wrong? 
Yeah. Why did the 49ers not win a Super Bowl under Kyle Shanahan? They had Kittle for all those years. Bosa for all. What was what held them back? Was it just bad luck? Was it just that they went up against Patrick Mahomes? Or was there something they fundamentally didn't do right that teams need to avoid in the future? That'll be the, I guess, the topic. So yeah. This was this is something they can work on right here. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. if the first round pick is a right guard, you know they're scapegoating, <laughs> scapegoating Spencer Burford. Well, I, I hope it's some something on that right side of the line. At least that that to me would say, hey, they're learning. At least, honestly, even if it is, you know, I, and it shouldn't be on Burford. True. I think Burford can develop. I don't think he's done yet. Uh, but what I will say is, McKivitz, Burford, even Brindell, they're not elite offensive linemen. And if you want to win the Super Bowl, I feel like that's a main area that you should target to try to improve. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, uh, or just fair. I th- I think Banks, Brendel, Burford, and McKivitz all got a little better this year. I think the coach on the O-line is excellent, and the players, the young guys are all improving a little bit. Brendel isn't young, but he's inexperienced. Like, give give the coach some someone really good. Right. Really good. He might improve, too. Right. I'm saying, I mean, I Give think all those young guys are exceeding expectations, but their expectations were so low because of how you got them. Right. Right. So hopefully they invest. That's going to be the big thing for me is, and that'll be the, that'll be the admission. If we see, and I'm worried it's not going to happen, but if we see in this draft that Kyle Shannon and John Lynch go after linemen heavy, finally up front early in the draft, that'll be an admission that, Hey, we should have probably taken care of this right. already. Yeah. We got to do something different. I mean, I, I keep going back to the one time the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl at Mahomes. They changed their whole operation, right? They're like, oh, off, oh okay, offensive line is like the most important thing. So we're going to trade Tyreek Hill eventually, and we're going to reinvest in this offensive line, and we're going to have a totally different type of offense. It's going to be more like the Alex Smith offense. We're not going to be trying to stretch people deep. We're going to, yeah, you know, dink and dunk to a large degree and protect our quarterback. They learned, and they haven't lost the Super Bowl the last two years. You'd love to see the Niners do one thing like that, where they like this was the lesson they learned, right? This and now that they're look at this run that they're on. I I really hope that's what we see. Yeah, Yeah. City Bird. So again, if they say say they trade Brandon Ayuk, people really upset. But if they get like a Tristan Worst type that they can put at right tackle, it's a fair trade. Yeah, fair trade. Something the Chiefs might might consider. At least they're Although, frankly, you'd rather trade Debo. Yes, you would. City Bird O'Connell beat Chiefs with zero completed passes in the second half in the same stadium. Maybe Kyle should have watched that tape. True, O'Connell beat the Chiefs. Purdy yeah. didn't. Aiden, that is, is true. Mahomes Why didn't Purdy roll left to evade Jones past uh, BA? I mean, he just faded back and threw the ball away. In overtime? Uh, I have to think. I can't even think about which play he's talking about right now. The one I, I posted on Twitter this morning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No. Wait, wasn't that to, uh, Jawan to Jennings? He's saying, why didn't he roll left and throw to Ike? Oh, uh, I see. Well, he that, to be fair the to Brock Purdy, there's no time there, man. Like, it, 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 The game is so much faster Like when you're out there on the field compared to like when you're watching it. It's, it you got to be fair to Brock a little bit there. That Not a lot of time. Stupacin says just Google Cabo click uh for 
shits and giggles wow mine officially blown this is no way for good team culture you didn't know about that i'm telling you it's not necessarily a team it's an inner circle with a, a bunch of other people who are expendable expendable yeah. sorry and steve wilkes you're expendable the next dc you're not going to be in the inner circle sorry <laughs> you're just not although that's i guess harver would be that's kind of what i want an internal so we don't have to worry about yeah. that part of it, right? Yeah. Just get someone internal that's already in the club, and 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 we don't have to worry about that part of it. It'll simply yep. be Kyle running the defense. Yep. All right, that's our show for today. It's lunchtime for me. Yeah. Ryan, great stuff, as Thank always. You, Thank, you, Thank you, everyone. I'll see you guys later.